All right, it's the show. Cavino and Rich. We have the Durbin family here right now. My buddy Mike Durbin. Mike the and legend. His dad, Al? The Durbin What's legend up, is here, and Al's here uh, from Chicago in the studio hanging out with us. Mike Durbin is the guy that does all our videos on YouTube. Mike Durbin Productions, youtube.com slash Cavino and Rich. Again, this is not just the show, it's family and uh, it's friendship. And, and Mike's such a great guy. He's always welcome here, and we appreciate all the, the hard work he puts in to our show, making these stupid interviews and, and videos come to life. Again, youtube.com slash Cavino and Rich. Good to see you, Mike. Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode number 48. Thank you so much for listening. I have a great interview this week with my friend Steve Cavino from the Cavino and Rich Show on Sirius XM. Uh, he's also on ESPN's Now or Never. If you haven't heard of the Cavino and Rich Show, I want you to do yourself a favor. Go to SiriusXM.com, sign up for free until the end of May. Give all the great channels on SiriusXM for free for the month of May. And search Cavino and Rich, and trust me, you will love it. They've been doing their show for over 15 years. I've known them for about 10 years. Um, trust me, this is the best show out there. If you already are a Cavino and Rich listener and you're just listening to my episode because Cavino's on it, thank you very much. Uh, if you would do me a favor, why don't you subscribe? Give me a five-star review. That would really help me. Thank you. Please follow me on social media at Mike Durband, D-U-R-B-A-N-D. On Instagram, it's Mike underscore Durband underscore show. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Michael Durband. Also, if you wouldn't mind following the Creative Control Network at the CC Network one on Twitter. And I want to congratulate the boss of the Creative Control Network, Mr. Joe Feeney. He was on the Talk is Jericho podcast this week. Uh, Chris Jericho, he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Him and Joe Feeney talked about their favorite Stephen King novels. Uh, it was a great episode. Congratulations, Joe. All right, let's get to my interview with Steve Cavino. But first, some words for my sponsors. Support for the Mike Durban Show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, I shave my head maybe every one or two nights, and um, most of the time I cut my head, I nick it, and it bleeds, and it's a big catastrophe. But you know what hurts even worse than cutting your head with a razor? That's right, cutting your ball sack. You know it's not fun when that happens. You know, talking to a lot of guys, this is a real common problem, and that is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped sent this to me last week, and I love it. This thing is so amazing. This is their third generation trimmer, and it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls across the world are about to become nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. I'm telling you guys, manscaping accidents are now finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this thing is premium, I mean premium. The Lawnmower 3.0's battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. I know some people take longer than others, especially if it's your first time. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. So you can do it in the dark if you want, 
or if the power goes out, or if you're camping. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DURBAND, that's D-U-R-B-A-N-D, at manscaped.com. Trust me, guys, your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DURBAND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code DURBAND, D-U-R-B-A-N-D. So right now, at this moment, I am uh, welcoming to the show a friend of mine for about 10 years now, uh, someone who I always wanted to have on the show, but I was scared to ask him because he is actually a professional radio legend. He's been doing it for 25 years. He is, uh, he's been at K-Rock. You know, if you want to hear this gentleman's history, you can listen to the Chris Rucker Show. He goes into a great detail about his come up in radio. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I can't do it any better than Chris Rucker did it. But um, with glory and renown, I'm welcoming you to the Mike Durban Show, my friend Steve Covino from the Covino and Rich Show and ESPN's Now or Never. Covino. Wow, man. That's uh, an introduction, dude, and legend. I love it, bro. It's hilarious to think uh, I, I'm a professional, I guess. But I go with Radio Tycoon. How about Tycoon? I like that one. Yeah, radio and now TV. Yeah, I know, man. Been doing TV for uh, for a minute now. We took some time off, and now we're back. But, dude, happy to be able to chat with you during this weird time, during the quarantine. You know, there's no excuses now because, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but we're always on the go. But now we can actually sit down and, you know, have a conversation. Yeah, we've uh, we've hung out in Santa Monica, Los Angeles, yep. New York. Nashville. We've eaten ribs in Memphis. We went to Graceland. We didn't go in, but we stood outside it and Chicago. So <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we've had uh, a lot of memories uh, in the past 10 years. To be honest, I can't believe it's been 10 years, man. But uh, a pleasure to be here on the Mike Durbin show to uh, talk whatever it is you want to discuss. Whatever you want to know, let's do it, man. In yeah. fact, I'm going to loosen up and, and have a, a drink, a really low budget drink as we do this. Because again, it's the weekend. Yeah, it's the quarantine. I'm hanging out. I got this really weak Kirkland tequila, and I put it into a really weak, truly lime soda. So I'm trying to mix it up and see if it works together. Nice. So let's do this. Yeah, well, uh, you guys have been doing the Cavino and Rich show since 2004, right? The Cavino and Rich show. Wow. 
since 2004, December 2004. But, you know, there was a long buildup, you know, to even get to that point. But, yeah, we officially got on the air in 2004. And, man, almost 16 years later, still doing it. And, I again, I can't believe I've known you for 10 years. I can't believe we've been doing that for this yeah. long, you know? Yeah, so I want to flash back to, uh, I think it was the summer of 2009. Um, I had no idea really what SiriusXM was. It was separate companies back then, but I had no idea what either one of them was. I didn't know anything about satellite radio. Uh, I was in the lowest point of my life. I had My entire life went down the tubes in April of 2009, right? And okay. um, in the summer, I was, uh, I was a limo driver. I somehow fell into that job. Well, what and happened? I, I don't even know. What, what happened in, or um, who I know? No, I don't think so. No, I, I had uh, a pretty good run from like 02 to 09. I was working at the W Hotel, which you guys stayed at when you were okay. you were in Chicago. I didn't know you then, but we yeah, may have crossed paths. I remember. Paths. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was a, a great place. I loved it. Yeah, we may in have fact, crossed paths. In fact, I think paths. I stole a few things from there. I think I, was, <laughs> I think I took a few things from the hotel room back to my back to my house. Good. I'm glad. Anytime yeah. anybody can steal from there, I'm happy because yeah. Uh, yeah well, I, got, I, I didn't steal. I borrowed it. You know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got fired from there in in April of '09. My life went down the tubes after that. Uh, so I'm a I'm a limo driver in the summer that year, and I'm flipping through the channels. I was listening to Howard. I was just I'm like, let me explore some of these other channels. And then I think you guys were on 103 or 104 at that point. What channel? Uh, was 108. That? It was maybe Maxim Radio 108, perhaps. It could have been. Yeah. We bounced around so much, man. So many channels, so many different managers. No, it was changes. Stars 2. It was Stars 2. I think that was channel 104. Yeah, something like that. Because I remember I turned a couple over after Howard, and, and I heard these two young guys talking. And somebody, probably Rich or you, mentioned Mr. Perfect. And you guys reminisce so much. You're talking about old wrestling, old toys, old shows, old movies. And I stuck on this channel and I'm listening. I'm like, these guys sound you know, like my age. They sound like cool guys. And um, I became a fan of the show right then. Not, not a hardcore fan at that point. Because back then you couldn't, there was no on demand. If you missed the show when it aired, that was it. Right, right. Yeah, you just missed it. Or if we had a, a replay, maybe you caught it later on, but... Yeah, we reeled you in. Nice. I like it. Yeah, so um, for, for the rest of my time in that job, whenever I was in the in the limo, they had SiriusXM, I would, I would listen to you guys. And then 2012, I moved to California. Uh, I think it was May 2012. And I'm heading cross-country. I had uh, SiriusXM on my phone. Howard Stern was on vacation that week. Who did I have to keep me company on my 12-hour drives every day? Covino and Rich. And it was that week when I became a, a hardcore fan, a hardcore listener. And then I think the the week after I got there, you guys announced that you were going to be in Santa Monica doing a live show on the 4th of July that year. I remember that. I remember meeting you there at uh, Yankee Doodles in Santa Monica. I, I believe it was my, my ex's idea to like do it there and let's try to have some fun. And I remember meeting you. Uh, it was a great time. It was a great broadcast. Yeah, I think she she showed up at the very end, so I didn't know that was her idea to pick that place. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it was a great time. It was one of our uh, it was one of our very rare live broadcasts in California before we officially moved out there. Yeah, so after that, um, I I went to the New York studios. I love that place, man. Do you miss uh, broadcasting from there, McGraw Hill? You know what, man? Um, there's something about it that gives you that 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 energy boost you know like wow we're in new york 
is something really intimidating about it too, especially when you go there now because they redid the whole building. The yeah. uh, what's it called? The the McGraw Hill building. Yep. And you go into the lobby now. You're like, oh my goodness, this place is magnificent. So when I go back there now, I kind of feed off that energy and feel cool about it. But I really love our new facility now as well, and I love being out here in LA. We we put our time in, so. I'm good. It's fun to go back and visit. If I miss anything, it's, you know, some of my coworkers and my family back east. I'm I'm really happy out here in California. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Whenever you guys talk about, you know, you like your weekends, you like to be at home. You're not like Rich. Rich is a busybody. He's always he always wants to go out and do stuff and be social. Yeah. Well, Whenever that's what makes you... the show flow. That's what makes yeah. the show good. Because for every guy that's like me, there's a guy like Rich, you know, and you need guys like Rich to push guys like me. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I'll be lazy, <laughs> chilling around, doing nothing. It's really easy to say, no, nah, I don't feel like it. And guys like Rich motivate you to want to do more. So it's a good balance. And I think that's why the show works. Yeah, like whenever you say you're a homebody, you like to mm-hmm. just, you're content with just staying home and playing your guitar and staring at the wall. Like yeah. that, I relate to that. You, I feel like you're speaking to me whenever you say that. You know, well, I, yeah. Outgoing introvert is what I called myself, you know, yeah. for, for a long time because I got to be outgoing when, when I need to be, you know, in this business, meeting people and and interacting with listeners and friends and things like that. But, you know, I grew up aside from playing sports and being part of that camaraderie. Dude, I spent most of my time with myself playing guitar, playing drums, learning how to uh, play songs and on the four track and listening to music and playing video games and and whoever wanted to be part of my circle is who i hung out with i never really left my own dwellings you know people came to hang and i was cool with that and that's sort of how i always was i was always a homebody my parents growing up were always very inviting and never really bothered me at all so people came to hang with me and not because i'm awesome because i had a cool setup and you know we were doing cool things and we were being creative even back then. And, you know, it was just an easy place to hang. Yeah. So I really never in my life felt the need to want to get up and go anywhere and do anything. I was yeah. happy at home. When did you start playing guitar? Uh, in high school. In high school. And then, you know, but, but sports was my, was my priority in high school. I, I was playing actually... Even before that, I would have to say junior high school because, you know, people in my family, my uncle Joey was a big influence, you know, just growing up, I would always play the drums. So I'd have to say I was playing drums early on, like, you know, junior high and as a kid growing up. And then as I got older, maybe junior high, high school, I started playing guitar. Um, I should be better than I am, but that killed a lot of time for me growing up, man. But yeah, high school sports was the priority. And once I got to college, you know, I met a, a few friends, like-minded guys, where we would just jam in our dorm rooms all the time, and we were all learning from each other. So, you know, it, it was uh, that was a really cool time to learn because of the music that was out, and yes. because, like I said, the friends that I had. So we were all learning together, jamming out together, you know, in our dorm rooms, and we had nothing else to do. So it was a great, a perfect transition in college to just focus on guitar and things like that. So you guys were playing in the dorm rooms, but did you ever like have like a like a real band? No, never, man. But I would jam out again with my uncle Joey and my cousins and things like that. So I would jam out with people, uh, like um, for example, my my cousin Anthony would play like 
guitar or something. No, actually, I'd be playing guitar most of the time. Uncle Joey would be playing drums or vice versa. Yeah. And my cousin Anthony would be singing or doing something else. So we, we would have jam sessions and I would jam out with other people. But I've never been in a band ever in my life. I mean, I, I, I don't know why. Uh, maybe I never thought I was good enough. But mm. I, I don't know. I never really pursued it. Um, Do you regret that? sort of happened. Do I regret that? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, not knowing the feeling of being in a band, I guess I regret not knowing. But I've loved music enough to feel like I've experienced a lot from it. You know, I, I built my whole yeah. career in music. I got into radio because of my love of music. And my first job in radio was mostly going to shows and going to concerts and promoting the radio station. So, like, I got to really sort of be involved in that lifestyle and that that fulfilled me enough to be honest at the time but looking back you know because i'm not going to join a band now um uh, but well, hey back, don't say that you can you hey, never you know hey maybe maybe i'll get out there and and be in a cover band but you know what i got to fulfill those those fun little goals and dreams by by making all these stupid songs for the radio show you know yeah. and we made up our own band tickle sack my penis is so glorious like an eagle spread all over us against all the He rocks it proud, but I can't believe how much it weighs. He's never bowed, it weighs too much. Yes. Which is, again, a parody band and everything, but it, it fulfilled those, I guess, those, those, those needs and empty holes, I guess, because... You know, I never did that. I never pursued it. I was sort of content just learning for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned Tickle Sack, which is the parody band for Cavino and Rich for the show. You played the, for the first time at the Cavino and Rich convention. Uh, was it three or four years ago, right? Yeah. And you helped produce the video footage. It came out fantastic, man. Yeah. You know what? I spent like a month editing that footage and putting it all together. I wasn't there. I wasn't able to make it. I really wanted to go, but I couldn't make it. Uh, so everybody sent me their their video footage. I put it together, and I'm watching it. I'm like, this motherfucker, Cavino, why is he not in a real band? It's gonna take a little wine, a little wine, and Russell Stover. I think my dick is hard right now. I used to think her ass was mine, but it's been years since she bent over. It's possible, dude. You gotta, you gotta just go where where life takes you. I guess it was more of a, a hobby for me, just fun for me, playing guitar, playing drums. Again, just fun for me. Nothing I really ever took that serious. Um, I took my love of music serious, but me being in a band, you know what, man? I gotta be honest. I I don't think I ever met the right people too along the way. Yeah. I, I had friends that, that supported me and thought I was good and things like that. And, and dreamers, you know, like my buddy Barry, 
bro, we should start a band or, you know, hey, man, we should we should make a song. Yeah. But no one ever really stepped up and, and really took that path with me. Right? I never met those like minded people to really pursue that, you know, yeah. uh, except for maybe in college. But even then, we were all still just learning and content doing that. Never met the right people to say, yo, let's do that. Because if I did, maybe maybe I would have. You know, I, I don't know. Who the hell knows? But I still enjoy it. I still um, got a big thrill out of that performance that you speak of. And it's all it's all thanks to the radio show. The radio show has provided me to, you know, the opportunity to fulfill a lot of those things that I've always wanted to do, you know. But like you said, never say never, man. Maybe I'll be in a cover band someday. Who the hell knows? Yo, look, think about where I came from, too, man. I, I was I joke about it because I'm on Turbo. I play hard rock of the 90s and 2000s weeknights on Turbo, and I did Octane for like 15 plus years. Before that, like you said, K-Rock. I grew up in New York, so I jokingly say on Turbo all the time that I, I pump my fist, but to the rock music. Yeah. You know, I'm a Jersey guy, but I pump my fist to the rock music. I was a, a half breed, and still am a half breed <laughs> Italian Mexican kid who dressed like a guido and acted very east coast who loved rock music you know yeah. so i really didn't fit into that sort of uh band culture even though that's where my interests were does that make sense yeah so you know i looked and dressed one way but my interests were in another place so it just never panned out but you know i still love my music you know i still listen all the time um I'm always, always looking for new things. I, I just started playing guitar a lot again because, you know, we have all this extra time. I just, for the first time ever, we started putting videos up of me playing guitar. I kind of stink, but it's been fun getting the rust out again, you know? So it's cool, man. It, it, it's, uh, it, it made me who I, who I am for sure. I'm definitely a music guy before I am a sports guy. But sports provided me with, with the confidence to do what I do right now. So, you know... I, I got a lot of passions, man, and I think that's also the reason why I haven't pursued those things. My, I have a lot of interests. Uh, and you can check out those guitar videos at Steve Cavino on Instagram. <laughs> Don't expect much. <laughs> yeah. No, they're great, man. And, and Rich said Rich is really proud of you now that you're getting a lot of traction by putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's a little rhythm guitar. It's all good, man. <laughs> uh, speaking about music, you know, changing your taste in music, you, you said a few weeks ago you you've kind of gotten away from the music you listened to back when you know in the 90s and that kind of hurt me when you said that you know uh i'm trying to figure out why probably because it brings up too many memories and it makes me too emotional i really just can't put my finger on that that's why i bring it up i'm like hmm i wonder why or maybe i just got sick of it dude i don't know yeah. but i'm back you know i'm back i'm dabbling again yeah. um especially this weekend Coincidentally, someone hit me up about Post Malone doing a Nirvana tribute show on YouTube live. And I happened to put it on. I caught it right when it started. And the dude blew me away. I got so fired up, dude. I, I, I poured myself a drink. And I got to tell you, I couldn't have been any happier and in my glory watching this dude with Travis Barker and two other guys jamming out to the most incredible Nirvana song selection yeah. Like right in my wheelhouse, that put me right back in the zone, and I've been listening to all that stuff ever since. I mean, Post Malone impressed the hell out of me. He did such a great job 
he put me right back into that mindset. And I'll always love those songs, dude. Like I said, those songs built my career. I have my CD collection till this day. I can't part with them because they made me, you know, who I am. And I love those songs dearly. Um, but I still like the new stuff too. I can't get caught up in that because if I get caught up in that in that sort of bubble, then I become like people that that I'm not trying to be like. I gotta stay ahead of the game a little bit. I gotta stay on top of the trends. Yeah. I don't need to necessarily like them, but I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's out there. I need to know what's new. And to be honest, a lot of the new stuff I actually do like. Doesn't mean I, I don't like the songs we grew up with. I do. They, they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're my core. But there's a lot of new stuff that I'm listening to that keeps me occupied. About guitar, like what was the first guitar that you had? First guitar I had was, well, my, my uncle gave me a guitar when I was like in junior high. Mm-hmm. It was like this uh, knockoff, like cheap trick looking, like uh, <laughs> it had like checkers on it, like very Rick Nielsen checkerboard looking guitar that he probably bought, used somewhere. So he yeah. gave that to me because I showed interest in that. And I might be in my parents' basement somewhere still. I don't know if they still have that. But I had that and, and I, you know, it was it was junk basically but it got me in the zone it got me excited to play and then believe yeah. it or not i won an acoustic guitar down the shore on the boardwalk at the jersey shore and that got me by for the next few years until uh around college time when i finally bought like my my prize guitar which was a takamine acoustic and you know i always had electric guitars too i had I, usually like ibanez guitars and things like that whatever was cheap at the time yeah um but yeah, my first, I think my first guitar that I got on my own, I think I won down the shore and sold it to an ex-girlfriend's little brother. Uh, I should have gave it to him. I think I sold it to him. What an asshole. Was that Takamine? Is that the one that you, uh, or the one that mysteriously disappeared? Yeah, I, oh. I lost it in the move. Uh, when I moved from one life to another life, yeah. Yeah, it's gone, man. I wish I knew where it was, but I loved that guitar. Because, again, I bought that in college, saving my money, waiting tables, whatever the hell I was doing at the time. Yeah. And, uh, man, I had my eye on this guitar, and it was perfect. And even now, if you saw it now, you'd be like, yo, that's the dopest guitar. And I don't know what happened to it. You know, maybe uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll find it. But <laughs> I don't know. I, right now I have a tailor that I, that tailor actually sent me, and I absolutely love it. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that, that, that occupies some time. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, music is is everything to me. It really is. It really. That's why I named my daughter Melody. You yeah. know, because of my love of music, and you know, if you listen to our radio show, I drop so many music references all the time. Yeah. Did you ever go looking through like pawn shops for that acoustic, the one that disappeared? I thought, you know, I I didn't, but I thought about that, man. I thought about that many times. Yeah, many I mean, times. check pawn shops. Look in, you know, look on Craigslist. You may find it. I know. I, I, I was thinking about that today, actually. I really was. Funny you even say that. Um, but no, nah, ne- I've never done it. You know, try to look forward. But who knows? Maybe in some weird sort of. It's got to be somewhere. Destiny, it'll pop. I know. That's the thing. It's somewhere. It is somewhere. I just don't know where my my flying guitar. But yeah. maybe someday. Like, I think uh, the first bass that I had when I was in eighth grade, I got this um, Fender Squire black precision bass and it was you know it was it was a squire so it wasn't it wasn't the greatest bass but it was the first one i had it was what i learned on and i think i traded it in like two years later 
to get something better. But I wish you had it, yeah, dude. If I if I would see that somewhere, I would pay a thousand dollars right now to get that. You know? Oh hell yeah, yeah. Just to have I mean, on my a, wall. Yep. Oh yeah, just to put it there. You, but you didn't know any better back then, you know. So what yeah. are you gonna do? That's so, awesome. What was so, the first bass line that you remember learning as a kid? Um, it was My Michelle by Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I got the tablature book, and I didn't even know what it meant. Like, I opened it up, and I saw, you know, I didn't read music, but they had these numbers on there with the with the lines, and I, I didn't know what it meant, but eventually, as I read the book more, I figured it out, you know, that, that was each string, and you, you know, you hit the fifth fret, whatever. Yeah. And, um, that bass line in the beginning of My Michelle, it's not really a widely known song, but... It's got if a distinct bass. Up, that's a great song, yeah. But yeah. if I pick up a bass guitar, which I don't play at all, I would play uh, No More Tears. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Or maybe a little, uh, maybe Blind or Mud Shovel, you know, from that era. Yeah. A little corn or something. Yes. So, dude, I would just, I would pay $1,000 to have that bass back, but it's gone. That's I wonder awesome. what happened to it. You know, I wonder, did some kid get it or did someone throw it out eventually? Who knows? But um, speaking about videos, you mentioned the Tickle Sack video. I used to edit edit all you guys' interviews that you would do for the Cavino and Rich YouTube channel. Yeah. And it seems like that it's like dead now. It's like you guys don't mention it anymore. Nothing gets put up there anymore. It seems like everything's switched over, like Instagram and other uh, social media. What happened? Was that a conscious decision to, to get away from YouTube? Uh, not at all, really. I think what happened was we just – became hyper aware of the content we were putting up because of our ESPN gig. You know, yeah. we are proud and fortunate and worked real hard to be part of the ESPN family, which is owned by Disney. Right. So yeah. I think we just became more hyper aware of, uh, not crossing those lines. Cause you know, Mickey mouse could be listening. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff we talk about on Sirius XM is uncensored. So maybe not take that chance to be posting things that could work against us in the future. Um, honestly, I, I can't remember any other reason as to why maybe it became less the priority. Uh, also, we, we changed how the, the format works a little bit at SiriusXM because if you listen live, that's one thing. But you can listen on demand, as you mentioned before. But you can also now see what you hear as far as video content. So yeah. they're sort of taping everything now where before that we had to tape stuff and then ask you to produce it, which you did a great job with. And I'm forever thankful for that. So I think it's just a matter of SiriusXM now saying, well, we're, we're going to produce this content as opposed to us putting random videos up. You had Henry Winkler on last week, and uh, he's like your best guest that you guys ever have. He's, oh, you guys, hi. It's just, hi. <laughs> Cavino and Rich, it's the show, there live from L.A., good morning, oh, oh, oh. and man, how great is it to see such a kind and familiar face, oh, get out of here, our Uncle Henry, <laughs> hi, it's Henry, there's oh, such hi. a warmth, you feel the warmth on the air when oh, you guys hi, have Mike. yeah, I know, so great, I love that dude, man, yeah. I posted, I reposted some of the footage that we captured, and I'm like, yo, my Uncle Henry Winkler, I'm proud to call him a friend, I feel like I, uh, I feel like I willed that to happen. You know, I sort of manifested that whole relationship, um, yeah. which I feel like I've done with most of the things I have in my life, to be honest. Um, I joked about it all the time. Dude, the Fonz, I'm always cool with them, the Fonz. The Fonz, the man, Mr. Henry Winkler, everybody. There he is. Hey, Thank you. Henry. Hey, Henry 
when I say the fonts, is, is that a compliment to you? Like, of course it yeah, is. Yeah, you don't mind that, right? No, it's part of my life. <laughs> yes. And sure enough, we do our first L.A. broadcast from his house, and we've been pals for years now. Yeah. He's such a sweet dude, man, and 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 a guy that I'm really happy to say that you know we know well, and 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 I'm just so glad that he's a part of our show. Yeah, you know I love when the Fonz is on, but I think your best interview that you've done is with uh, when you had the DeLeo brothers from Stone Temple Pilots in like three <laughs> or four years ago. Mm-hmm. What a, what a pleasure to welcome. Robert and Dean DeLeo. Roberto. Roberto. Ah, Roberto. And Dean DeLeo of Stone Devil Pilots to the Covino and Rich hey, Show. What's man. up, fellas? How are you? It's funny. I knew you were going to say that, man. Yeah. And you know what? Did You you produced that video for us, right? Yeah. Yep. Mike Durbin Productions. Uh, he always does great work for us. And I got to tell you, it's helped me out in a lot of ways, that video that you made, because other people have seen it and have shown interest in. Like, I loved what you did with them, you know, we're interested in doing X, Y, and Z with you as a result. So, you know, oh. you never know who's watching that stuff. People like it and other people are interested and producers and production companies have approached me because of that particular interview and footage that you produced. But yeah, that was a great, great interview. And you know what? You know, they, they took a liking to me and Oh, what's that song? Wonderful. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Are you auditioning for Stone Temple Pilots? I Pilot am. Right? <laughs> oh, I, you know, you saw my eyes light up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, play wonderful, okay. and you can sort of hear okay. that sort of influence that they're talking about. I was way into their band, and I think a lot of people forget that they're Jersey guys, too. So maybe, you know, you're just speaking my language, and, and I was speaking theirs, and... and Hit it off. I, you know, I we've met them a few times, but the DeLeo brothers, they're beasts, man. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. And I love STP, man. I don't know where they rank for me, but uh, they got to be top five. But I, they're one of the bands that, that make me super emotional. You know, I went and saw them with their new lead singer, Jeff Goot. And, dude, I caught myself there all tearing up. And I'm like, yo. Vatos Locos don't tear up like this for no reason. You know, so I'm like, what the hell's going on? That was yeah. sort of the start of, uh, man, I don't know if I can handle these songs anymore because I feel like they just remind me of how much time is going by and how old they're getting and how old I'm getting as a result, even though I'm in denial of that. But I hear certain STP songs and they'll crush me, dude. Crush Why, though? Me. So Does it bring I, I you love- back? Does it bring you back to like good times or bad times? What is it that, that sets you off? I think it's just a reminder of of, uh, of how much time has passed. I don't think – they don't remind me of anyone or anything in particular. Yeah. You know, it's not anything like that. It's just they're just resonating time. with me now in a different way than when they first came out. You know, when they first came out, like, yo, that song's my shit. Yeah. Now it just takes me back to when that song was my shit and – and hits me, you know, in the heart in a different way. And and like I said, that I love them, uh, but, you know, I, I'll put them aside maybe for a minute and, and check out some new stuff that I like. And again, there's so many new songs, dude, yeah. that I really, really love. Like, I love songs now on, on Alt Nation of all places, believe it or not, that I love just as much as, as them. But like I said, I cared more about the bands then than I do now. Yeah. Uh, but that interview specifically, like, 
when I watched it, I was like, why why don't these guys have bands on more often? You guys mostly have like comedians or Dude, actors, so actresses. So many people ask us that. So many people ask us that, and I don't want to say anything out of place. Yeah. But we're we're in the in the talk department, talk and entertainment for Sirius XM. Being uh, on Rich, we're like two talking head buffoons. Yeah. But in reality, we've still maintained our musical sort of credibility because Rich still does pop 2K and he's still in the pop world and I still do turbo in the rock world. It's just that when we're doing Cavino and Rich stuff, it's not a priority for the bands to be on that talk sort of show. Okay. You know, they're going to be on the music channels. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you really shine on that interview. Like your your enthusiasm for it, your knowledge of the material. Like I was looking at their faces when you were quoting song lyrics and they'd be like they'd look at each other like, "Wow." It's Our second album. Twelve gracious melodies <laughs> worth listening. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed them. He's a dude, fan, man. Yeah, dude. Who was it? Who was it? That's how the the last album ended. Yeah, it's fantastic. I wish you really got a chance to do that more often. But yeah, you mentioned the music discussions. Do those frustrate me? When you and Rich talk about music, it frustrates the hell out of me. Because like last week, I think you said. Either you or Spot said that you were mad at Rich for going into music, into radio, because it doesn't even seem like he really likes music, right? He doesn't. Well, he's he's not a music guy. He, you know, music, you know, he likes music like the casual guy likes music. You know, it's yeah. not that he doesn't like music. Of course he likes music. But I don't think he's ever listened to a whole album from start to finish. He, you know, there's just a difference. So he yeah. loves music, but he wasn't a, a music head in that way. One thing I do love when Rich brings up, and it's old school wrestling. Mm. You grew up in the same uh, era that I did watching it, and you watched wrestling a little bit, right, when you were a kid? I absolutely did, yeah, but he was definitely uh, way more into it, I think, just based on conversation uh, for all these years uh, than I was. But I totally watched from the early days uh, of the WWE, yeah, for sure. Yeah. When it goes to the old school stuff, I was way into it. I had all the toys, uh, would watch it all the time. I think I just grew out of it maybe quicker than he did. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it was a big part of my childhood. I just think he was just way... You know what it was? He was a Hulkamaniac. And to be honest, man, I don't know. Looking back, it's funny. It's like I didn't have a lot of guys to relate to. There was no... Like, who was I related to? Tito Santana? You know, everyone <laughs> said I looked like Ricky Steamboat. You know, and, and he was what? They they dubbed him Hawaiian, didn't they? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wasn't Hawaiian. I wasn't anything. I really couldn't relate to those dudes, to be honest, the way maybe Rich felt like a little Hulkamaniac. I don't know. I, looking back, I don't know uh, why, but it is what it is. So I, I did like it a lot, um, but I grew out of it around, you know, 13-ish, 14 maybe. But, but then when it came to a big event, you know, of course I was always tuned in for sure. Yeah. What about like Bruno Sammartino? I mean, you're half Italian. Was Big Steve, <laughs> was your dad yeah. Big Steve? Was he into San Martino? Uh, no, he wasn't, man. No. But I really? do remember wrestling far. I remember wrestling far back enough to know without a doubt that the adults in my life weren't even sure if it was real or fake. Yeah. They kept that gimmick up for so long and so strong that I remember asking my parents, like, is, is this real or is it? And, and they didn't know. So, you know, I was watching that early on where everyone kept the gimmick going and it, it was 
it was real if you wanted it to be real, you know, and, and people watched because they were confused and entertained by it all at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad, my dad's not a big sports guy. I mean, my dad fuck, rolled with whatever I was rolling with, you know, my dad watched whatever the hell was on TV. Like, I can't tell you what my other than sci fi stuff. I can't tell you what my dad's into because he was just <laughs> a dad. He was just always working and he was just always being a dad. Yeah. Uh, you guys have had wrestlers on the show pretty frequently over the years. Yeah. You haven't. You've had Hogan, uh, Randy Orton, Spot arm wrestled with Trish Stratus. Sure did. Can we get her to body slam Spot or something? After before, we arm wrestle. Yeah. Can you before we get out of here? I've been, uh, I've been pumping up my arm. Do you, do you mind Spot? I mean, you want to humiliate I, yourself? I, mean, I, I is this thing on? Would be the first time on the show. Is this thing on? Yeah, look at that. Your arm is way more. Your arm is way buffer than mine. Hey, Rich, do your best uh, Finkel right now. Oh, This do it. match is scheduled. Scheduled for one fall. Wow. It's Spot. And Trish Stratus. Right, here we go. <laughs> uh, and then now on on ESPN's Now or Never, you've had Kathy Kelly, you've had Lita, Dana Brooke, Charlie Arnold, Charlie Russo, and Kathy Kelly are co-hosts of our show. They're like a part of the ESPN Now or Never family. And welcome back to Now or Never, Camino, Rich, and Kathy Kelly, and it's a pleasure to welcome our guest, our new pal from the WWE, Lita. We give What's elbows, up, bro? We give elbows. Hey, oh hey elbows, elbows, AKA elbows. Amy Dumas is here. Now, you guys are pals, right? Yes. She was actually one of the first people that I met and interacted with at WWE when I was oh, there every week. Oh, yeah. wow. You know, we, we, we vouched for them. They brought them in. We clicked. We, we worked well together. We really liked them. We said, yo, let's keep this going, man, because they have a great chemistry with us and they're stars in their own world. And yeah, if they want to be involved and do other things with us here at ESPN, let's bring them on. And I, I get along with them very well. They're, they're great. And we're, we're really happy to have them as part of the team. But yeah, we've had an opportunity to interview all of these people from, from yesteryear. And now when it comes to wrestling, like I was thinking about our Cavino and Rich show, dude, I had Paul bearer on our show. I had Kamala on the show. Dude, we've had so many people on our on our show. Yeah. Uh, it's too many to even like recall, to be honest. Okay, so before this coronavirus happened, WrestleMania 37 next year was scheduled to be in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, now that you're friendly with um, Charlie and some WWE people, do you think you guys might have done some uh, Radio Row or any kind of coverage for that next year if it if it does happen? I don't think it's in our our. Well, I, I wouldn't say we wouldn't have fun with it. We'd be totally capable, but are we qualified? You know, I think fans like that are so territorial that they'd be like, who are these idiots? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just yeah. fans, but they're so territorial. It's like when we interview UFC stars, you know, I'm a UFC fan, but they want Rogan or Ariel Helwani. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they want their guys. And I don't think I'm the wrestling guy's guy. I'm just a fan like everybody else. So Although I would do it in a heartbeat, I think the fans would eat us alive, and that's fine. But we would still do a kick-ass job and, and have fun with it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit up some of our, our contacts and see if they can work that out. Because like yeah, you said, I, man, we've had everybody from – we had Paige on recently on our, yeah. on our TV show. We yeah. had the big show on just recently. I think you guys would be perfect for that. I mean, you have the knowledge of the old school stuff and, you know, some of the new people. And uh, you guys really excel on the the red carpets. Like, my favorite video of all time is when uh, you guys interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger at the Arnold Classic. Oh, that's hysterical, yeah. So, <laughs> that's my so favorite surreal. video. Everyone, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. Look up Cavino and Rich Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, and what's you so will funny see this. about <laughs> it is, is how 
both Rich and I are fixated on his his totally outrageous eyebrows. He had all these Michael Strayhair stragglers, you know, popping out of his eyebrows, and 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 it was so distracting. He yeah. had all these weird hairs growing out of his face, and and what made it really funny was Rich, you know, because Rich is I say it all the time, so you know, should be no different here. He's such a peculiar guy. What an amazing, amazing uh, thing you got going on here, huh? Well, we are very proud of it, and um, I think that the reason why we have become so successful is because we have people like you who get the word out. He couldn't not focus on it, and it was distracting him so much. And I noticed him being distracted by it, because I noticed it too. But all you see is Rich hyper-focused on Arnold's eyebrows. A new movie or politics, what stressed you out more that, you, that, that the gym was such a good release? Well, I, I, first of all, let me tell you, it doesn't really matter what you do. You need to work out. Right. You know, I've watched so the video so many times over the years, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until the last time I saw it, like a few months ago, I never noticed that Sarah was in the background. That proves, A, how intriguing the interview was and how yes. distracting Arnold's eyebrows are if you don't notice Rich's beautiful <laughs> wife in the background. And yeah. I wa you can watch Arnold's eyebrow, and then you watch Rich's face. Oh Rich alternates God. between looking down and looking up at Arnold and then nervously looking down. It's the best <laughs> video ever, man. I, I, it pops it me every time. It is so funny, man. Thanks for bringing that up. It's yeah. funny. Yeah, we, we've had the opportunity to interview so many cool people from the world of wrestling to you know superstars like Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. Honestly, um, if you would have told me that, you know, early on in my career, I would have been, I would have been shocked because I wasn't sure uh, that I could even talk for more than five minutes at a time, let alone yeah. host a, a talk show. You know? Yeah. Who's the one person or or band you would you want to interview? Like, your, who's your dream guest? Well, speaking of wrestling, right? Uh, the Rock never never had him. Met him early on. Uh, yeah. In my radio career, uh, I never interviewed him. You know, said hello to him, but uh, yeah. I never interviewed him. So The Rock, Sylvester Stallone, guys like that. In the morning, I splash it on, and it makes me smeal mainly. Smeal mainly? Uh, cut. What's that smell manly? Can you read that, Rock? Yeah. Well, let's go again. What? Well, excuse Once me. Once again, fellas. You know, I know I said it wrong, but... <laughs> It really don't smell manly. I mean, do you think this stuff smells like a man? I'd say absolutely no. Guys we grew up admiring and idolizing. <sighs> In the world of music? Jeez, that's a tough one. Well, you've In had D. Snyder on. You had your, your boyhood hero, D. Snyder. A guy that changed my life. There he is, D. Snyder. D. Snyder! What's going on, buddy? How are you, man? What's great up, D. Snyder? Here, man. How are you, man? What's up, man? Great it's to nice be to be have here. you on the show. Pleasure. That was a great interview. That was incredible. Yeah, you know, again... That bucket list sort of thing, checking off the the childhood dream. You know, we never had Dave Grohl on our radio show, mm. but uh, you know, I've met him many times throughout the years. Even partied with him <laughs> uh, a few times, but never had him on our radio show. So that would be sick. You know, a lot of the '90s rock bands I would love to have on, but you know, some of my favorites are, are no longer here. We had Chris Cornell on our show, dude. That was awesome. We we've had a lot of them on already. That's the thing. We've had them all on. So I'd have to go even further back to really sort of be amazed, I guess. I, 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 if we, if you told me I had Paul McCartney on the show, I'd be like, no way. You know, yeah. something like that, maybe. Who knows? Or maybe something from the, the classic rock days. Cool. Um, just as we wind down here, a few more questions. Um, I want to do some real talk with you. Sure, man. You, you've been like an inspiration for me and probably for many others. 
few years ago, you know, you were living the life and then uh, life changed for you. You went down, uh, various things happened to you. Yeah. You were in a, a, a down point for a couple of years, right? Yeah, I, mean, I went down swinging though. You know, I tried, I always tried. tried yeah. Tried real hard. You know, you really didn't talk about it much, but uh, we could all tell something was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you, you got real low and then here you are, you know, a few years later and it's <laughs> like you're back even higher up than you were before. You're on TV. You got your, your beautiful girlfriend, Jordan. Life yeah. is, is good. Like Return to the Mac, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like at, at your lowest point, did you ever think, can I get out of this? Uh, I mean, did I, I never stopped believing in myself, you know? Yeah. I don't think I was ever, you know, depressed about anything, like clinically depressed. Yeah. I was just, you know, upset and disappointed and frustrated with, a, a failed relationship and how I was going to handle my life moving forward. And, you know, I really didn't never wanted that sort of scenario for my, my kid. I think as a parent, you just always want what you had. You want your kid to experience the same sort of things that you experienced. And I was like, man, this is not going to be cool for her. And that sort yeah. of bothered me. And how am I going to work this out? And how am I going to, you know, be there all the time? And, you know, and it just sucks because we were together for so long. But, you know, life takes over and, and people grow apart. You know, a lot of people ask us or ask me, you know, what happened? And nothing happened, dude. Nothing happened at all. Life happened. Yeah. Uh, I was traveling a lot. I was doing the TV show in New York City. And that didn't help out much, you know. Um, yeah. And and did I ever really think that I couldn't get out of it? Ah, I got I to gotta say no. Uh, I always sort of had this crazy uh, belief in myself that I'd be okay. You know, my dad always says, and it's probably true, professionally, I'll always be good. You know, I have a really competitive spirit and um, I'm not going to let myself down in that way. Relationships have always been tough, but work has always been good. So, you know, you, you said you sensed it, but, you know, every day I still sucked it up and did my show, even when, you know, my life was sort of falling apart around me. Yeah. So I, I kind of knew I'd always be okay as far as professionally. And I knew I'd meet somebody eventually and, and life would uh, sort of work out. But, you know, I wanted, obviously I wanted to keep my family together and, and work things through. Just, it just wasn't happening. Sometimes things just aren't meant to be, no matter how, how hard you try. Yeah. So, you know, and it's weird. It's always like a, a silver lining too, because then you even become more relatable because you realize that, most of the people listening have lived through that. Unfortunately, I became like the poster guy for a failed relationship, you know? But then hopefully, like you said, I could also be the guy that that uh, that got his stuff together and, and, and moved forward, Yeah, you know? So, you know, as a result, though, so many people related to me more than ever before. So yeah. that was that was the one, I guess, sort of silver lining to all of this. And, you know, you look back, it, it all worked out. Everything's good. I, you know, I, I can't have too much regret because I really tried hard. And I say that to anybody in relationships, you know, like as long as you put your, your everything into it, what more can you do after that? You know, and just didn't work out. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, man, it's very inspiring to hear you talk about it. You know, you were quiet for a while, but then, like, even it, I think it was a few months ago when you, you kind of went into detail, like the financial end of it, like just hearing that, 
Yeah, that was bottom. that was inspirational. You know, rock, rock bottom. bottom. I don't know if I'm saving it for a book or what, but um, you know, and I take full responsibility. No one had a gun to my head um, as far as you know what was going on financially, but you know, life was taking its toll because I was going back and forth. You know, New York, L.A. I'm trying to cut and paste my life together and keep things afloat. Um, I was just in crazy, crazy debt, and you know, a lot of things were not going my way, which were probably all signs that I was not in a good scenario. You know, yeah. uh, I, I was losing my home, my house went on fire. Like it was, a, a, you know, one thing after the next. Pets' heads were falling off. That whole sort of deal. So, you know, you got to read the signs. If things are that difficult, it, maybe they're just not supposed to be. But I just kept trying to force it and make it right. Yeah. You know, but it seemed like nothing was easy. Nothing was going my way. I really put myself in a financial bind. But again, you know, got myself out of it. Yeah. Look at you now. I Yeah, totally, man. I would have I never predicted that I'd be in this scenario with now, you know, a, a beautiful, beautiful 10-year-old daughter. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a great relationship and I have a, a good relationship with her mom. And, you know, I hope that continues to grow and get better. Yeah. Um, I've been able to get out of that debt and, you know, you just, you got to move forward. Um, so she's doing better, Melody. I mean, oh, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you remember when you had to break the news to her? Like uh, you, yeah. Uh, I don't think I had to break any news to her. I think, okay. you know, she, it was a gradual thing. Yeah. You know, it affected her for sure, but she's such a talented kid and, you know, she, I, I'm there for her always. So even if she's having tough times, you know, she's, she's always got me. So she's good, yeah. you know, and everybody loves her. Her mother loves her. She has my family. She has lots of family. So she's great. And she's super, super talented. And as she's growing, it's, it's crazy because she's so, so beautiful. She's such a, a pretty talented little, little girl. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I got her out of it and yep. that keeps me positive and keeps me working hard too. You know, that, yeah. that, all that keeps me working hard. All of that, everything you talked about was just more fuel to the fire and provided me with more motivation. You know, it didn't happen by accident that I ended up on ESPN, which was like my dream gig that I manifested uh, right after all of this, you know, like yeah. it didn't happen by accident. You know, these terrible, these terrible things happened and you used all that negative as, as motivation. And I, I did. And, you know, things have been, have been good, but you know, like that's just life, man. Life has its ups and downs, but somehow we, you know, Rich and I have been able to maintain this show for this long. So yeah, I'm very thankful for for those opportunities and and the bond and friendship I have with Rich and Spot to, you know, always give us that sense of normalcy because every day, no matter what's happening around us, you know, we, we got a show to do and we have thoughts to share and and people to entertain. So, and if, so, and if people could learn from from our growth, so be it. You know, that's that's good. It's very inspirational. So yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you guys do. You guys have kept me entertained uh, for nine or ten years now, five days a week, the Covino and Rich show on Sirius XM. What channel are you on now? I don't know. It's been so many. Is it Rush? We're on channel 103, Faction Talk 103. Uh, I'd say after Howard, the most popular channel on Sirius XM for cool guys like you. You know, we have a a killer lineup of, of great shows, ours being the best. Um, it's available on demand anytime on Sirius XM. We talk about stupid toys and we reminisce a lot. 
We make a lot of dumb references, but we keep you up on life and relationships and entertainment, and sports and whatever's happening in the world of pop culture, uh, even politics, you know, when it's relevant. Uh, yeah. And, and I've, I've been really fortunate to be able to keep doing what we're doing and be able to communicate with everybody during this really crazy time. And I wish everyone, you know, safety and, and good health. And uh, yeah, catch us on ESPN. We lost a little momentum because of this pandemic we're going through, but we're still putting videos out there all the time. So at now or never ESPN. And dude, man, it's, it's, it's fun. Always fun talking to you, man. I, I feel like you're a guy I relate to, uh, a guy that gets my references, and I appreciate that, man. And uh, on a personal and side note, for all your support, you personally, and everyone listening, but you personally, and all the all the work that you've done with us, you know, throughout the years, as far as producing our videos and you know helping us with with photoshops and whatever else you know that we've needed from you, you know, we appreciate it, and I, I appreciate it, and you've been a, a great and loyal friend and, and supporter of the show. I appreciate everything you've done, man. Yeah, man, thank you so much again. I know. I know how you feel about podcasts. I know you and Rich hate them, and I understand it. You guys are professionals, and now it mm. seems like it seems everybody has and their mother has a podcast. Every <laughs> week, you know, more podcasts are popping up, and it's got to be annoying. And uh, I'd like to apologize on behalf of all podcasters. I want to apologize to real professionals like you. I know it's <laughs> annoying, and uh, I know you guys hate it. My apologies to you. <laughs> uh, maybe you're uh, you're changing my heart, man, because it was a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. All right, the great Steve Cavino. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, everything's at Steve Cavino, C-O-V-I-N-O, and it's S-T-E-V-E because P-H is for uh, Lamos. Yeah. So uh, Steve Cavino, Instagram, Twitter, even Snapchat because I'm so damn bored right now. So I appreciate the feedback. I love to interact. And, uh, dude, it's been so fun talking to you, man. And, and uh, shout out to all the people listening to the Mike Durbin Show. Thank you, guys. See you in the promised land. Arrivederci, baby. The second Well, that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank Cavino for giving me his time and, more importantly, for entertaining me for over a decade. Everyone, I'm telling you, please check out the Cavino and Rich show. Check out Now or Never on ESPN. Interact with them on social media, at Steve Cavino, at Cavino and Rich, at Now or Never, and at Mike Durband. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Live long and prosper. <laughs>